one factor that is not uh, non-negotiable is quality. Um, and that really is one that's pole in line. You take one fish, you maximize it, and you ensure it gets to market. This is Fishtails, a seafood podcast. I'm John Sussman. St Helena is a remote volcanic island located in the South Atlantic Ocean, known for its rich history and unique fishing traditions. The island is part of a British overseas territory and is situated approximately 2,000 kilometres west of southwestern coast of Africa. The history of fishing on St Helena dates back centuries and has played a significant role in shaping the island's culture and economy. Fishing has been a vital source of sustenance for the local population as the island's isolation made it necessary for residents to rely on the abundant marine resources available in the surrounding waters. In recent times, St Helena has made efforts to balance the economic benefits of fishing with the need for sustainable practices to protect marine ecosystems. Conservation measures and responsible fishing practices are being implemented to ensure the long-term viability of fishing on the island and to safeguard its rich marine heritage for future generations. It's regarded as one of the most successful premium pole and line tuna fisheries in the world, with the quality of the catch heralded globally. Johan Bezudenhuy is at the forefront of the renaissance of this amazing fishery. Driven by a love of the ocean and of tuna, he is setting a new and exciting direction for this remote and very unique fishery. I'm Johan Bezudenhuy and we are on the island of St. Helena. It's um, in between uh, the continent of Africa and South America, about 2,000 kilometers away from uh, the Angolan coast, um, due west. A very small island in the middle of the Atlantic, South Atlantic. Yeah, there's one flight a week from uh, South Africa to the island, um, which is, uh, for argument's sake, sufficient. There can be more if um, tourism picks up. But um, basically 4,000 people on the island. The island is only like 16 by 8 kilometers. Uh, Highest point is about 820 meters. So um, it's a beautiful little island. Um, The people are friendly. And it's... it's, um, it's a different way of life. It's a, it's a, I'm not, to, to say simple, it's a, um, it's not complex. Um, it's really a small knit community that um, I would just say, you know, enjoy life um, in a, in a, in a, in a simpler, um, a simpler, I would also say, better way. Um, things are really relaxed on the island. It's really a good, good vibe on the island. It is, um, it's ingrained in the history. Um, it's a very personal um, thing on St. Helena. Every, every islander knows fishing, um, has someone fishing. It's the main source of protein for the island. It really is uh, ingrained in their, in their culture and the history. It's really an important aspect of the, of the island. And also, from an economical perspective, it is really the only industry on island that can make large contributions to the economy. Um, you know, tourism is the other one, but with COVID and the, the effects of that, there's not too many tourists visiting the island currently. So it is a very important sector to develop. And um, again, it's, it's emotional. So some politically, you need to navigate it well because there are difference of difference in opinions. Um, but I firmly believe that collectively we can get a um, the motion forward and um, establish this fishery for the benefit not only of the fishermen but every saint on the rock. 
Fishing with one's father as a young boy can ignite a lifelong passion by creating cherished memories of adventure and shared experiences on the water, fostering a deep connection to the activity and a desire to continue it throughout one's life. Oh, my dad was fishing since I could remember. Um, he was always sports fishing, rock and surf. Grew up, um, you know, from as, as early as I can remember. Uh, I've been fishing, I think, since I was three or four years old. Um, my dad was always, every weekend, stuck either been uh, next to a river or the seaside. So I grew up fishing um, just as a family passion. And um, I was, uh, after school, I went to uh, on a little walkabout and um, came back two years later. My dad um, said, we're going fishing. I said, yes. Um, we bought a boat and went down to Nisden and started fishing. And um, it was just a natural flow of things. And um, being involved in the fishing industry, there was a, a factory that opened in Plettenberg Bay that my dad, uh, went off to manage and I worked for the Spanish, still fished for the Spanish, who took me down to Cape Town and um, I got involved in, um, in you know, the really the commercial side of things and um, I had longliners fishing hake specifically uh, for the Spanish market and um, it's just been something that we have always loved doing and um, yeah, I actually, I, I had to leave the commercials um, or the big corporates because um, I really didn't agree with the mythology. Um, the fishermen are always the ones um, yeah, um, getting the short straw and um, the value is sucked out. Back in 99, really, my dad and myself um, got a small um, handline vessel. We were fishing handline and um, Poland line or whatever out of um, Neisner in the Cape Coast. And um, I subsequently ended up working for Spanish and um, uh, South African uh, commercial companies but I actually ended up being a um, the recession 2008 saw me um, engage my second biggest passion which is diving and I became a commercial oil and gas um, operative I'm a commercial diver and a technician on oil and gas sectors and uh, I saw this boat for sale um, on St. Helena Island so that's why I visited in March 2019 is to buy this tuna pole boat and um yeah, good hook that way. The waters surrounding St. Helena Island are teeming with an amazing diversity of fish life, including a range of majestic tuna, showcasing a vibrant and thriving marine ecosystem that captivates both fishermen and nature enthusiasts. Fishing is fantastic. The I've never, um, neither in fishing nor diving, I've seen water of this pristine colour. Uh, the fishing is in, the fish is in abundance. Uh, there is some seasonality to it, but being so far north, close to the equator, the weather conditions are fantastic. And um, as long as you can get out there, um, you can get the fish predominantly. All fish are caught with live bait, and um, live bait is usually in good supply. Um, there are times when uh, the live bait are not around the island um, or on location, which m makes fishing difficult. But um, I've been out there and um, it's the most fish I've seen, um, uh, especially on the seamounts. It's, um, it's phenomenal, actually. We have no pollutants. There's no industry um, close by. We don't even have big um, rivers or, um, or flow. There's uh, very little water pollution. There obviously is, um, but stuck in the middle of the Atlantic, our conditions are, for the lack of a better word, I would say pristine in comparison to most other coastal regions. It's predominantly yellowfin uh, tuna. 
We also have um, big eye, longfin, yellowfin, oh, sorry, um, skipjack as a tuna species. Then there are other species of interest, which really is our objective here, is to build a sustainable fishery and to create a basket that is sustainable. For whether it's tuna species, there is uh, deep sea red crab for arguments, of, for, for, for instance, as well as squid species that one can target. And the objective is to lessen the impact on any one given species by spreading that over um, the species available and create that basket um, that can collectively carry the weight of the industry. Um, but the main uh, historical species of, of, um, of targets definitely is yellowfin. The small but unique fleet of artisanal boats and skilled fishermen on St Helena reflects a traditional and intimate approach to fishing that has been honed over generations, embodying a deep connection to the island's maritime heritage. The fleet is very artisanal. It is a small fishing fleet consisting of primarily about 13 vessels. Um, of which only two currently are capable of fishing the offshore seamounts. Most of them only fish the inshore. And um, because of the state of the factory, back in 2019, the factory, I think October 2019, the factory officially closed um, because just due to breakdowns and um, lack of maintenance, really. So the, the, the biggest challenge um, back then was to be able to get a quality product from the vessels to the market. We first had to fix the factory before we could actually start exporting and um, getting the product back onto the market. So the, the biggest issue was really the ability to land quality, to, to land volume. And um, the fleet is also in capacity-wise small. They do an average of about 250-300 ton per annum, which volume, yeah, in, in, in terms of volume isn't great. So we are yet to improve that by supplying bigger vessels to target specifically offshore regions um, where we can get the bigger volumes and uh, larger fish. The unique pole and line fishing for tuna, characterised by the use of a single line and hook where one skilled fisherman meticulously targets one fish at a time, is rapidly gaining recognition as the pinnacle of sustainability and quality in fishing, embodying a meticulous and environmentally conscious approach to harvesting marine resources. It's pole in line, so it's, uh, we, we follow the one-by-one one, uh, uh, philosophy. Um, it's this marine protected, protected area, category six, so there's no heavy commercial activities allowed, no long lining, no trawling. So our two on the easy is reserved for one-by-one one harvesting only, one hook, um, one line, one, one line, one hook, one fish at a time, as they say. And um, it's, um, it's, very, it's a sustainable fishery, um, but very much the same. Poland line, rod and reel, um, one fish up um, in the ice and yeah, continue with the next. Um, the Poland line, if the, if the tuna is on the surface, you can, you can bait them and hook them right there on the surface, turn their heads and get them on deck, versus if the fish is deeper and um, you're fishing rod and reel, then you know landing a big tuna can take some time uh you have to play that fish and work that fish really hard to get it up from depth and um mm. basically as soon as that tuna can turn its head and swim uh you are you are you are in a fight um it takes just that much longer to land fish on rod and reel than it does boat and line the life of a day boat pole and line fisherman is as harmonious as dancing with the sea working in close coordination with the weather and the rhythm of the waves while skillfully coaxing tuna from the depths 
It embodies a timeless connection between human and ocean. Yeah, he would be up at the at the steps four o'clock, catch the ferry out to your vessel, and cast off to chase bait, get mackerel in Kingston, um, in your lifeboat tanks, and then uh, shoot off chasing tuna. When uh, you know, in between the dolphins um, that are there, um, you'll catch your you'll catch your tuna and. Um, um, if it's on the banks, for instance, that's a nice 12-hour sail. Um, I think the most beautiful part for me, shooting out to the banks, are the fact that I never see another vessel. You know, coming from the oil and gas, there's so many lights on the horizon all over. Um, there's so much activity on the water. Uh, back in South Africa as well, you know, there are many operatives on any given day chasing the same tuna. But here in St. Helena, you are cruising out, and um, it's really that absolute peace and tranquility of being out there, knowing you're basically the only boat. And um, when you get to the fishing grounds and um, you get into that uh, school of tuna, um, it is just phenomenal. You you can really enjoy um, catching and landing every tuna. In South Africa, it was different for me. Uh, it was always it's that commercial thing. You have to be quick, and you know it's numbers, and you're chasing. In in Saint Helena, it's so far relaxed. You can get out there. You work the tuna. Um, you make sure that every fish is is, um, is well presented and um, and handled on deck, and you shoot back off and um, come in late late the afternoon. Um, not mostly, I think anything between from one o'clock. The fishing is if the fishing is good, it's quick, and um, you get back. Um, we offload the fish on the quayside, put it on slurry, and then uh, yeah, as you said, get your eyes for the next day. Your um, we make squeegee is basically ground up. Um, mince almost from the tuna to to use as bait um, for the next morning to, to attract the mackerel in Kingston and you set sail and go back to the moorings and uh, reset for day number two. Inshore I would say um, one guy on a boat about two three hundred kilos um, on, a, on an average or normal day. Um, on the banks there is a lot more you know, one uh, one of the operatives go out. He's got three three um, crew on board. They do two and a half to four ton in one day, um, bottom line. It's um, it really is good fishing out there. Uh, it's a good workout. Um, you know, tuna is I think the biggest fighting fish in the sea. It gives you a very good fight. And um, bottom line, obviously, it's it's way quicker than rod and reel. But if the fish is on the surface and it's um, it's a good size, it's a very good workout. Um, you know you've worked tuna um, by the end of the day, absolutely. The ever-shifting influence of seasons shapes the ebb and flow of an artisanal fishery, guiding the movements of marine life and dictating the rhythms of the fishermen's lives. There is seasonality, absolutely. We do have a winter season, which is basically now. Um, so I would say from May till August is our lesser um, fishing months, but we still land fish 12 months a year. And um, yeah, it's much, much more forgiving than what I'm used to down in the Cape, uh, the Cape of Storms when that weather's up and the, the Southeast is going, you know, you're not, you're not fishing. In St. Helena, predominantly because of the, the island, you always have a lee. So there's always somewhere around the island that you can actually fish. So you really have the opportunity to land fish all year round. It's really only in extreme cases where either you can't get the bait in the morning, that you are, um, yeah, your chances are less of landing, or there's really a severe storm, um, especially the northern weather, that that um, kills it in Jamestown. Um, 
but really it's a good it's a good year fishing uh, all year round. Embedded within the heart of the artisanal fisherman's ethos is an innate relationship with conservation, fostering a symbiotic alliance where sustainable practices are a testament to their unwavering commitment to preserve the delicate balance of the marine ecosystem. Conservation, uh, we have a very good team on the island and they are passionate about preserving the resource um, and protecting it for future generations. So, um, you know, coming from the, the, <laughs> the outside world, um, this fishery has never been abused. So it really is that the gem, that pull that has not been abused, that you can work and establish correctly. So. A big thing is to keep the greed off the table and get, you know, keep the, the big corporates, not to, to blame corporates per se, but to keep, to keep it um, honest, to keep it pure. Um, I think that is a big challenge because there is value and um, it has to be done responsibly. So in terms of that, working with marine section, um, I know that there will not be any big steps or big decisions made. It will be a progressive build, um, a conservative one, which obviously is good. And um, yeah, this, it's more the, the nature of the islanders that, um, you know, there's a, there's a lack of, um, I, th I would say, exposure to the external factors in the fishing industry. Everybody, I believe, um, although they differ in opinion, um, I do believe everyone has at the center the desire to do the best for the island. But there is, there is a bit of division between um, uh, some fishermen, and I think that's normal. Uh, you know, the one group believes left is the right way and the other one believes it's the, the right is the right way. Collectively, I do think we're going to make it though. With a steadfast dedication to sustainable practices, a rich maritime heritage and an evolving appreciation for responsible fishing, the fishery on St Helena holds a promising future marked by thriving ecosystems and a harmonious coexistence between tradition and conservation. My hopes are high, really. Um, they have a model here that, like I said, you, you, it's not been abused and there's not, we don't have big participants. Our vessels, every size is maybe eight, nine, ten meters. Um, the, the landing capacities are really low. Um, it is something that can be done as a model to showcase really to the rest of the world that if you do it sustainably, you do it responsibly, that it is, um, it is possible and it's, it's, uh, it's sustainable, it's profitable. Um, so I really have hope for this fishery and there's not much that you need to change to make it a reality. Our biggest um, uh, factor to overcome is our location and logistics. So we do have, we do add a lot of cost to receiving our goods um, and obviously exporting again because it's per ship at the moment and um, you only have that one option. And um, sea freight is expensive, especially after COVID. Um, things have dramatically changed in uh, sea freight. So um, ensuring that you get a quality product um, is more challenging from uh, St. Helena. Purely that um, currently we have to buy from South Africa, Namibia or Europe. Um, it is transshipped from Wolfish Bay in Namibia across to the island. And from here we send it back to Luanda currently on a feeder service, um, which then links up to a vessel from um, Luanda to, the, to Portugal. Um, 
and it just adds cost to the product. Um, unfortunately, our airport is um, in such state that you can't really um, start up a commercial uh, venture. The, the volumes we can fly off the island are really limited. We can only do at the moment about 1.5 ton per week or per flight. So um, uh, you don't have the economy to build a fresh, um, a fresh product or line from the island. Really, it's it's got to be frozen for the for the interim until we have see, um, air freights established, if at all. So the logistics is the difficult one. But in terms of fishing and the future, I'm extremely hopeful. Uh, we have all the um, the aspects. We have everything. We just have to pull it together in the right sequence to make it sustainable and work together. And really what we have to work on most, I would say in the industry is unity amongst all the participants um, to get that unity. So you know you work, you, you collectively um, building in the right direction or the same direction. Fishermen like Johan Bazudenhu stand at the vanguard of a renaissance in the timeless and ecologically sound art of pole and line fishing garnering international acclaim for its exceptional quality and sustainability, exemplifying a back-to-the-future approach that paves the path forward. The, the most important differentiating factor in fishing for me is quality. If you ensure that maximised quality per fish caught, you will catch that much less. Um, if people are not taking care of quality, the only mitigating factor they have to um, increase profits is volume. Um, so um, I really believe that you have to maximize the potential of every fish landed and by that that is true conservation where you only take what you take and you ensure that the maximum quality is preserved per fish getting the biggest best price for that fish which inevitably means that uh, costs are covered and you need not catch that many more um, so if, if people are not concerned about quality, and this is where Ryan and myself definitely have, uh, um, I really appreciate what that man does from in every aspect of fishing. But the one quality fa factor that is not uh, non-negotiable is quality. Um, and that really is one, that's pole in line. You take one fish, you maximize it, and you ensure it gets to market. What I love most is seeing the change in people. Um, see how they enjoy applying themselves doing what they've grown to love um, like I said it's generational and um, to see it come together and work I think it's the it's the biggest reward um, so yeah I, like, again I believe that we can build this to the benefit of all um, the fishermen specifically um, ensuring that the, the benefit is felt on the bottom um, and not just sprinkle down from the top uh, or sprinkle down from the top, but really building it from the bottom up. The, the model is simple. We have a corporate structure where the fishermen, they own the, the, the company that leases the factory that does all the, the fishing, the production and the export. So it's not, it's not, uh, it's not owned by myself. Um, it's owned by us, the fishermen. We are nine members at the moment. Um, and. Um, yeah, I really, I really believe we can build this and the reward would be to see it flourish and, and the fishermen, you know, making it work for themselves. This is Fishtails, a seafood podcast. A Deep in the Weeds production, I'm John Sussman. Follow us on Instagram at Fishtails Seafood Podcast or email us at fishtailspodcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay tuned for more tales from beneath the surface of the seafood world every Friday on your podcast app.